I'm James. And I'm Stephen. And you're listening to... The Big Gay Bucket List. In every show, we're going to be talking about one of the perils or pleasures of growing up gay in Ireland and our own personal experiences here in Dublin. But James, tell us what's on our bucket list today. Come on, girl, put the bass in your walk, head to toe, let your whole body talk. <laughs> Snatching wigs, beating mugs, killing lip syncs and dominating gay culture. Hey, kitty girls, today we're talking about drag. I had a nice little giggle there. I'm sorry, girl. <laughs> That's okay. You really should never sing again. I know. Well, I've, I've taken to singing that. This is my new, my new forum. Uh, the, the intro to the Big Gay Bucket List is where I'm going to find fame. Simon Cowell will be on the phone to me. Before Simon rings, can we put the kettle on for, for a co-host catch-up? So James, uh, myself and yourself took a little trip. We did. It was wonderful. Over <laughs> to Manchester. <laughs> yeah, so we, we'd, uh, we'd, been, um, we'd been planning this from late last year when we saw that the 20th anniversary of Queer as Folk was going to be celebrated in Manchester uh, with a, a big performance uh, or with some of the stars of the show and, and, and some people who performed on the soundtrack and there was meant to be kind of a big party atmosphere and so we got our tickets back before Christmas and then we um, we decided to, to make it make a full weekend out of it and, and camp it up entirely by heading to the Carnation Street tour and that weekend rolled around just last week and interesting start very to interesting start <laughs> I think the most important thing we've both learned a couple of things first off being never go on a holiday the week before payday <laughs> never never ever ever do it but yeah so it was we were both very much looking forward to it um, and then uh, the day before we were due to go I got an email from the organisers of the Queer Folk event to say that it was going to be cancelled <laughs> because one of the, the project managers for it had had, um, had died um, had died tragically and, and they were they, they weren't going to go ahead with the show just I suppose out of respect for him and that which was which was really sort of um tragic and, and sad but I suppose for us heading over we're like oh what are we going to do now absolutely um, and then you got an email about I got an email about two hours after about you two hours after that yeah to say so that the, the Coronation uh, Street tour was cancelled because of um, the English Defence League yeah were, uh, well I initially got an email during the week to say that um, look guys we're going to have to move the admissions to the tour yeah. about two buildings away um, hope it doesn't inconvenience us that much and then two hours after your email we got the email to say actually it's escalated ridiculously so uh, no Coronation Street tour yeah so we went over the free free agents do whatever we want spirit do whatever we want and boy did we do whatever we want we certainly did <laughs> we definitely did but it's such it's such a fun city Manchester it really really is a fun city I think it's very like Dublin I, I had a first time experience over there which was going to a hotel and being asked to pay for it ahead that was just so ridiculous. Time. Yeah, and you're, we were over there like rubbing our penniless, pennies together, being paid penniless. 24 hours after we arrived. And we were like, how the fuck are we going to pay for this hotel? They're not letting us check in until we've actually paid for the rooms. So we had to go down and have a lovely coffee in, in a, a cafe run by... Um, Ex-prisoners. Ex-prisoners, yeah, yeah, the Clink Cafe. The Clink Cafe. Now, it was actually beautiful. We didn't realise what it was till we actually sat down. No, we didn't. Um, or till people behind the counter didn't yeah, know what we yeah, were talking yeah. about. But... Uh, no, it was a, it's a great idea. We uh, we managed to, we managed to get into that, and then had I suppose we had our own queerest folk ex- uh, iconic experience on Canal Street. Just a messy, messy night. It was a lot of fun. Though. Life. It was really it was brilliant. You, you met love of your life, the oak tree. Oh god! <laughs> I thought you were talking about Desiree. Oh, so we, we end up accompanying um, this woman who was remarkably like Desiree from the nineties yeah. and her queer friend. 
up to a lovely uh, uh, oh they brought us up to a drag show they did and now we, ta- we yeah quite a bit to drink and I can maybe be a bit too loud sometimes uh, people who listen to the podcast might know that I can sometimes be too loud Martin definitely does Martin does yeah yes Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you off a couple of times yes I, I've been told off I'm trying to, to try my best to, to keep it quiet but we, we went up to a, a drag show and um, I was sort of trying to be witty and funny in the background and they were doing a tribute to the poor guy who died and I said probably louder than I should have and it, yeah. literally when the music they just set the scene now the music had just cut off everyone's toasting to, to Carl this gentleman that had passed away and James said yeah give us our money back <laughs> oh my god and this girl literally like one of Carl's friends was sitting at our table and wanted to fucking knife James yeah, I got out with my life because we literally left queen, straight away. A drag queen came came on and started doing a number straight away, and we were able to get out of the door. Get the before, hell out of there! Yeah. We were going to be lynched. But one of the weirdest things because it's so it's so normal in Manchester and so normal in the UK, I suppose. Like that, like you you buy poppers behind the bar, and you found us a lovely friend who had bought a load of load of poppers. This is when we were in a bar drinking Smirnoff Ice. Yeah, shout out to our uh, to our youthful days. Um, and this guy beside me was getting um two vodka and coke, and he was like, "Oh, can I get a bottle of poppers?" And I thought this was the most craziest thing ever that he was in a bar buying poppers um so me being young free and single decided i'm gonna have some poppers so i brought james and another friend with us that came uh, over to this guy yeah. and we all done a little uh, a little a little whifter a little whifter <laughs> But it was, it was just like, like such a because here it's so like it's so it's, it's like closeted, closeted, seedy bedroom antique, antics. You know, even kind of you see people on their dating profiles be like, no poppers, no, and it's like they're obviously you know there's a, there's that kind of like dangerous uh, element to them. Whereas over there, like we were whirling around in the dance floor because I then after inspired by your man, I went up to the bar and bought my own bottle. You did, <laughs> and we were like three little schoolgirls, and I was like, it. yeah, I was like walking around, like holding the mate in front of me just to whoever. Yeah. Wanted Why wouldn't you let us hold the bottle? I, I was just afraid to spill it. I don't know. <laughs> That's the control issues. It, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's like you can have my poppers, but I'm holding them. <laughs> but it was such a fun night. It was it so was. much fun. Yeah, no, it um, really was. At the end of the night then, I went to a fast food restaurant. Uh, James got really annoyed because the queue was terribly long. Um, so yeah. I walked back to the hotel on my own. I nearly had my phone stolen. Yeah, a second time now. A second it's time. A, it was it, there was another time you, were, you, 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 you beat someone up on the street. I did, yeah, in Temple Bar. Um, he nearly stole my phone. And you shouted at that girl in the, the kebab shop a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I need to stop drinking. <laughs> <laughs> or doing poppers, maybe. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, this guy was uh, came over to me on the, the, uh, on the intention of stealing a, a chip from, uh, from me and then just took my phone until his friend was like, Give it back! Give him back his phone. And He's then we had a, said, we had gentlemen, a, <laughs> you'll need to call a taxi. <laughs> we had that little mini row then. Yeah, which I hotel. don't actually remember. Oh, I do. <laughs> I remember. Well, let's unpack this. It was so, it was such a random thing. So I I ate my uh, McDonald's out on the street because I was afraid James was going to eat it when I got back to the hotel, <laughs> which is why my phone was nearly robbed. So when I got back to the hotel, um, James and our friend wasn't there. Um, they had gone on to a kebab shop. So I was sitting in the room going, well, fuck them. So James walked in and I was like, oh yeah, I had a fabulous night. Oh yeah, my McDonald's was gorgeous. And then James was retaliating in the same respect. Like, oh yeah, I mean, my, my, my kebab is amazing. Actually, my kebab was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was like stale bread and like kind of... I'm pretty sure meat. I got a 20 nugget box that I ate on the street. <laughs> yeah. You sat in... <laughs> Out on the street of Manchester for fear that a friend might say, give us a nug. <laughs> I know. And there was 20 of them. 
I'm so sorry. So your argument <laughs> sounds like you were having a competition for who had the best night. Absolutely, yeah. that's because well, and we and the, the 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 deciding factor was who got the best on the way home food, <laughs> or who got the shift, which I did. I didn't get the shift, but mine was yeah. I think it was a mistake, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, no, I think you know, no, no, any holes a goal as, well, as some people do. Say, as some I did have the wrong said. shag tag on, and he, yeah. he told me that, and then slapped the gob. I was disgusted though. I'm like, what vibes am I sending off that no men would come near me? Because you were getting all the attention. Oh, that's because I'm gorgeous. What's a shag tag? So uh, shag tags were used in Queers Folks. We went to a Queers Folk night in a club then afterwards. Um, so you would get a shag tag on the way in, which is just a, a, a white label with your number on it. And then there'd be a board and people beside your number would put, I want to fuck you. My number is 101 or whatever. So you'd be like, number 407 is really hot. And then you'd, you would go and look and see who number 407 was or whatever it is. And... So anyway, this guy came oh. up to me and he was like, oh, you're number 500. You're not my number. But anyway, and then slap the cop. How'd you do? Okay. Yeah, I did. I, did. I, I mean, I just didn't get Anthem. No action on looking. Yeah, did you find Anthem in Giacomo? No, I did. I, did. I, got, a, I got a lovely jacket in Giacomo, yeah. actually. <laughs> but we did have an awful lot of fun the Friday night. Yeah, we did. And the Saturday completely died. 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 Didn't died, do died, a thing. Died, died, died. Well, the pictures looked interesting. Yeah. Um. We'll be, there's a, there was a lovely photo shoot carried out by an oak tree. Very, very sort of America's Next Top Model kind of, you know, concept. <laughs> uh, um, sort of like, you know. Lock um, on wood. <laughs> Yes. Morning wood. Yeah. It definitely wasn't the morning. Well, actually, it probably was the morning. Oh, it was forest, loose. but make it hoe. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, do we make it hoe? Oh yeah, God. Fun times. Yeah, and I'm back to Manchester again for Pride, which it has a spectacular lineup. It does. I actually check my calendar. I just can't do it. Yeah. I can't get the annual leave. Martin, do you want to come over? No, 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 no. 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 Prefer to listen to the stories and co-host guys. <laughs> <laughs> Martin doesn't associate with outside of the podcast. I don't blame him. Yeah, neither do I. Well, not you. <laughs> so today our main topic is drag. I need to stop saying it like that. <laughs> you really do. It's I do. I, 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 I'm sorry. Where are you getting that from? Well, you see, if you listen to podcasts, you'd know that. <laughs> Podcasts are like amazing. I do love them, but I just don't have time. Yeah, the the corner. Well, the, I mean, the cornerstone of 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 this event is that it is for a podcast. At least it isn't our own podcast. Sometimes. Oh, I do. Yeah, I sometimes. do do that. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. just to point out Martin's flaws, which there aren't any. So <laughs> never, 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 never anything. The only thing, actually, that's what I've noticed recently with the editing is that the only thing that never needs to get changed is where I've said something I shouldn't, and I have to ask Martin to take it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so drag is sort of. In the last um, five or so years, it's like really become the cornerstone of gay culture. Like it's this massive entity, which it never was before. And it's like sort of come out of the, come out of the closet right into center stage, which is where it belongs. because It's absolutely spectacular. Mm. What was your like, this was like when, when you were kind of first on the gay scene or when you were kind of first growing up, like what was your impression of drag? Um, so I probably didn't have the best attitude towards it. Yeah, me too. Um, I had a weird kind of like un, like uncertainty about it. Absolutely. So when I was like, when you're finding yourself and I was only just in the scene, I, I suppose I just looked at it as, what are these guys doing wearing dresses? And yeah, like, yeah. I didn't look at it as entertaining, even though they were entertaining, it wasn't my idea of, oh, let's go out tonight and watch a drag show. Yeah, I wouldn't have yeah. went specifically before it. Um, I suppose my first ever, um, the first ever drag impression was probably, um, you remember obviously Lily Savage in the 90s? I do, um, yeah. So Lily Savage to me was always just a comedian first and foremost as opposed yeah. to a drag queen. No, absolutely. There was sort of like, but it's like, it's the same as say, like Dame Edna as well. Like you never really, 
you didn't look at them as like they were they were so alien you didn't really look you didn't even look at them kind of like as like a, a female impersonator no. it was just kind of like this is a comedian this is a character they're doing absolutely whereas like i don't know it was it, it wasn't until kind of i suppose i started going out a bit more to say that george when i was in college first and you would have seen people like sort of veda and shirley and that and you'd be sort of think like that's when it kind of first came that's when I first kind of became aware like oh this isn't just something that gets done on television this is something that's like part of a whole community and has all history behind absolutely, it absolutely yeah um but it's it's a I don't, I don't know that people have like such a reaction to it or people mm. can have such a reaction to it that idea that you're kind of like dressing up like you're dressing up as a woman or whatever but it's really empowering though <laughs> It, it definitely is. I suppose people get it muddled and I, initially I probably would have muddled it in my head that people that wanted to dress up wanted to be a woman, which completely yeah. isn't the case by no, any stretch No, absolutely. And I think that, that was kind of, that was sort of one of the, the misconceptions that I would have had kind of, well actually I would have probably gotten rid of that earlier on. Like initially when I would have first started going out, you do have this idea of like, oh, they, they want to be a woman. Like, and there's this whole like grey area between, well it's not a grey area, but it's sort of like, people it takes a while to be like oh trans is one thing and drag is another and that seems to be an issue like if, if you watch drag race or hear drag queens talking about it like that's always a question that they seem to come up with it's absolutely like, do you want to be a woman it's like no i'm a performer this is my character this is my job and this is how i choose to to actually like in, live that character um but i suppose uh, going back to impairment um the first time we done it was actually together yeah, well, so that, that's I suppose one of the one of the reasons we want to talk about this is because both of us have, um, but we've we've done drag a couple of times uh, through um, through a couple of events that that we were sort of organising and, and involved in, and the first time we did it, I was terrified, but the second you actually put the character on. You become the character. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it really is. It's like a transformation. Um, because because you're looking in the mirror and you don't see yourself back, you, yeah. you see like sort of what sort of looks like your mother. Yeah. That's a little bit scary, but anyway. Um, <laughs> you, you definitely do. You take on this complete different persona and you're not yourself, so you can be who you want to be and do what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. It gives you a real permission to just kind of just do exactly what you want. Like, And, and the thing is, like, people are encouraging that because people want it to be kind of rowdy and bawdy and want you to kind of, you know, take the piss out of people. And people like, it's, it's so weird, like people love having the piss taken out of them by a drag queen. Yeah, because they don't feel it's coming from a real person as such well yeah but it's also it's just it's usually very funny and it's usually very clever <laughs> and it's sort of it, it it can be so sort of entertaining when they are kind of able to um be really pointed in what they're saying you see i can't do that that's where you come in oh i am a comedian genius i know but you can't perform no. Uh, there's, there's more than fucking dancing to perform. Absolutely, no. I, I, well, so actually, that's that's an interesting. So, introduce your drag character. Who who is your drag character? So, Marilyn Glenrow ultimately is um, an old good time gal, Jane McDonald. <laughs> but she is. She's, I suppose, a little bit more regal. She's older. Um, yeah, yeah. But she's more just about the dance and the lip sync. Yeah. She can't transcend what you do. With. Well, no, you know, it's a, it's a Shirley Bassey hips with a Pat Sharp wig. <laughs> Cheeky bitch. <laughs> no, but as in um, the, the whole crowd thing uh, terrifies me. And yeah. being able to think on my feet and sharp wit kills me. I have to have something thought out. Yeah. I have to have a, a routine polished. But I think that's what that's one of the reasons why me and you kind of have worked in, in doing it together. Because I am not good at choreography. I am not a natural dancer. I can put together like a performance yes. where 
you know, in like a lot of the 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 songs I've done in the past, of I, I tend to do like splitting it up with like spoken word bits as well, so that I can like have maximum Very conceptual. Of, like what was the, the piece of advice? The piece of advice I was given, best piece of advice. By by, just, uh, by drag mentor uh, Veda many years ago when I did it the first time was just face face just, face just face. give me the face stop moving Saoirse, just more face, face. Um, but so your character would be kind of no but like the persona that you take on is a very kind of like it's kind of a like a Blackpool club singer kind it's of it's actually I suppose now that you're saying it, it's more the, a UK style of drag yeah without yeah. the actual live singing part yeah exactly um, so they're just a bit more camp and from what I've seen the, the couple of UK shows I've seen um, their funny is a very particular type of funny yes it is it's it's not so what I think Irish drag queens can perfect is is pop culture or something that's happening in that moment yeah whereas UK drag queens I find rehash stuff from 30-40 years ago there does yeah there's this kind of like a carry on aspect to it absolutely that, that's that you, perfect that you that's don't, exactly that, what I mean that you don't necessarily get here but that's well that's something we can kind of to talk about in a, in a little while but um but yeah your 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 type of drag would be more kind of in that area of absolutely it. whereas my and you you were very much a dancer and i can kind of do like the the big performances like you've done like you mainly would tend towards kind of like dancey songs yes whereas absolutely. my my character would be much campier yes um and is more arranged kind of i suppose actually interacting with the audience and talking yes. rather than kind of because i rather than kind of dancing because i remember the first year i did it and there's a video of me that i will share a little bit of on the instagram there's a video of me uh, doing my first uh, ever performance in drag as miss sarah shimonen um performing love fool by the cardigans and like literally my choreography for that was just like step to the back of the stage step to the front of the stage it was almost like a marching band it was like i was trying to get my steps in for my fitbit yeah. <laughs> for the day <laughs> But I suppose, and that sort of element, would I be right in saying, terrifies you? It, 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 I would say that like, if I can, so the last couple of years, so when I did it last year and the year before, the two songs that I had chosen, I went for much campier songs and I yeah. went for songs so I could really build a performance around. So I did sure. uh, In These Shoes by uh, Christy McCall, which is kind of like got a lot of action to it and can kind of be kind of like fun and like wink, wink. Uh, and then the la- last year I did kind of a, um, like a mashup of sort of workplace-based songs with a bit of Dolly Parton 9 to 5 and then some spoken word from a TV show where, again, you could kind of punctuate the need for choreography with kind of stopping to be able to perform a bit more to the crowd. So I found my way to work around it. Yes. But I, like if I had to go out and just like dance in the way that you had to, I would like collapse. It would be fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Not only would I collapse because it would be terrifying, I'd collapse because I'd fucking trip over my two left feet. <laughs> but that's, I suppose, and I, I, the reason I said that is because if I was put out on the stage and wasn't given a, a, a sheet or a script in front of me, um, that would terrify me. I'd just bomb. I, yeah. Like I've, I, we had a, I think the first year we done it, we had a and a portion where um, the host sort of went off track on what we had agreed. Yeah. And I just blank faced yeah just well, no, but that, I mean like that I, I remember that already and it was like it was it, like it caught me off guard as well where you're kind of you think oh right I, I know what I'm going to say and then someone asks you a question you're not expecting and like it is it is a very disconcerting experience to be standing there on a stage lights in your face people all around you and and you need certainty in that sort of moment so when when someone asks you something you're not expecting it is kind of like uh, yeah. and you, you you can end up getting super sort of confused by it Absolutely. but I suppose the growth in drag culture is very much around, and this is like coming back to what you were coming for in, in one of our most recent uh, episodes. But the growth in the in the the awareness of drag culture has really come from RuPaul. from RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. which I suppose 
it has its it has its merits. It has its it has massively has its merits, and it's kind of um, I would say. Like, I, th- I think that it's great in, in the seasons each year where you kind of hear about these kind of issues that are facing the, the like issues that are facing gay people, like talking about conversion therapy, talking about trans issues, talking about, uh, like, talking about kind of, like, people living in repressive societies, Russia and that kind of thing. And it's, it, it, that's a really valuable part of it, but it's kind of becoming a bit sort of... I just think my my issue with it was that it became too mainstream as such. Yeah. Um, and like, obviously, they're, they're, like we're saying, there's massive, massive positives to that. But I just think it needs to take maybe a little break. Yeah. That's all. But I it's, think it's, it's, a, it's, a bit, it's a bit overproduced. You could do That's it. Like, absolutely. Like, it. back in the earlier days, it was more you, what you were seeing is what yeah. you're getting. Whereas now it feels like there's another story. Yeah, exactly. And you're not, yeah. you're getting, you're getting a producer's edit. No, absolutely. And it feels like as if the, uh, it, it feels like as if there's a lot of, um, it feels like as if there's a lot of um, kind of storylines built in beforehand and you're not kind of getting the real experience and it would be almost more interesting to just let it play out as it is like there's like some eliminations that have happened in, 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 in some of the more recent ones and it's like oh this person's being kept because they've got more followers and it's just like that's a bit of a pity like go back to the early days of when Big Brother first started when it was completely natural and yeah. just peeping in their own right throwing yeah. some alcohol that's where you got it yeah exactly. and then you had people that were but just especially because these like the people that are brought together for free post drag race because it's interesting it is kind of like an America's Next Top Model meets an improv show meets project one way like they have the skill base they have to have you have to be musicians comedians all the Everything, rest of it is enormous yeah. and for that like what i've loved about doing drag myself is that ability to explore some of those creative avenues like i i went and i've done a sewing course i've done a makeup course um i i just pay bitches to do it <laughs> well that's it i mean that's the queen you are you're a lazy queen you're the queen who'd show up to episode one of of, of RuPaul's drag race and be like i didn't know i had to sew a gown <laughs> But I just Whereas I'd be there with my like <laughs> horrible play suit I'd make for myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, oh gosh, what was I doing? but yeah. So you, you, you're for you the the value of it was more about like performing to the yeah, and I suppose my look as well. Yeah, that's where putting I'd, your look together absolutely. Yeah. But that's the same for me as well. It needs to be tied into what I'm performing. Yes, um, um, and I suppose there's part of me that harps back to a three or four year old kid who took his mother's high heels out of the wardrobe yeah. and was able to wear them and wear them confidently. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's and like that's kind of I suppose like where I, like I was always like remember when I was a kid like I was always kind of like you know dragging my parents and various other family members out around to like watch me put on these shows and performances yeah. we used to there was a couple of cousins of mine who were around the same age and we would um we would put on these plays where we would play the muppets okay and i would always be fuzzy bear yeah 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 um because you know yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean like that that that, that element then grows into you want to place for that sort of performance and then, yeah. then drag is, is a really great place to do that on the the gay scene they can ask did you ever tell any people that you were like because there is that weird feeling that it's kind of sexual and it's to do with sexuality or gender did you ever tell anyone that you were dating or how did your partner at the time react to you doing their doing um i suppose because the reason i started my partner was part of that same um this the, the same um club yeah. that was fundraising for it so he very much understood it very much was a, a drag race fan um there was an element to it that he sort of Especially around getting me getting rid of my beard. Yeah. So I obviously, I have a beard and um, I've always had a beard. And I think personally, my style of drag, I have to get rid of the beard. Yeah. Um. So that he wasn't, not that he wasn't happy about, but it wasn't something he thought I should have to do. Um, whereas I thought I had to do it. 
but I think like there there is like this because I, I had this big conversation going back and forth about like because about whether you can keep your beard for drag and I think that it actually really just depends on what you feel you how you feel you want to do it like yes. there's no right or wrong like, no, I think that's like I've done it the last couple of times I I I need to have a beard <laughs> I I have to I I I look like I I look like a pedophile without a beard oh, it's it, it's horrible it's like you know that that like meme of the guy who like looks like a thumb yes like, that's that's what I look yeah. like without a beard it's, it's, you see it's, my I, the beauty with mine is when it goes like I have it in a oh, week you have it back in you have it back yeah. in a week yeah. whereas it, it'll take me like two months yeah or to, yeah. to get any sort of remnants of a beard back and like it makes such a difference to how I feel about myself as well so I decided if I'm going to be doing drag I, I'm going to be keeping the beard yeah. which then made me be like I my preference would be to do the drag without the beard but, but you can't yeah you can't do it to your yeah. face yeah exactly but I suppose there was a guy I was dating um, last year for a couple of months and um, while he thought it was fun and camp he was like but you're never going to do it again are you and I was like um, uh, no and I sort of I said no and he had went away um, the last time me and you were actually hosting in drag yeah um, and I just didn't tell him until later on that night and then I felt like I had this massive secret see that's not like I, I do because I had that that experience with my ex he was very much like he didn't like me doing it he didn't want me doing it he didn't understand why I wanted to do it yeah like as much as he like he himself loved drag he thought it was fantastic he was so entertained by it but the idea of me doing it it sort of challenged his like view of my masculinity yeah. too much yeah um, which I like my opinion on that is fuck off like just like for, for the, the guy you were saying as well it's like look I'm going to choose to do this because I'm going to enjoy it and I want to do it and you need to be supportive of me. Absolutely. Like, you know, if, if, I, if I turn around and say I'm going to like, you know, chop my left arm off because I feel like it's then start telling me it's a bad idea. <laughs> but if I say I'm going to stick a bit of lippy on for a night and dance on stage because it'll make me feel good about But that's the thing, myself. I suppose. Um, people think, people people automatically associate it with sexuality yeah. completely and the, how sexualized it is. And to me, sex did not come into it. No, me. Behind that dress, yeah. I was still who I was. Like I, there was a scene where I was standing at the the urinal in the George with like a dress hoisted up around my waist, and I yeah. never felt so masculine. Yeah, because something that you're doing, it, is, it was is like so challenging. Empowering. Like you were, Absolutely. you you were so fully confident in the fact of your masculinity that it didn't matter. And I mean, it didn't not like even come into it. yeah, but um, or, or, or who you are. Uh, but I I had the kind of opposite experience. Well, to your negative one, where there was, God, it was last year, um. I hooked up with this guy and now he was sort of a very discreet on the down low um kind of Indian guy and he like was so basically he he was a bit he was a bit odd and obviously very confused about his sexuality and I think kind of like he was grappling with the fact that he was gay and he was pretending that he was actually straight but just like to have sex with men every now and again mm. and so uh, he was terrifically good looking so I was like I'm going to put up with this baggage just, just for why not but so he um, came over to mine one evening and I realised that like after he'd already arrived we were in my bedroom we were kind of you know getting down getting down uh, he that I'd left the the, the wardrobe door open and <gasps> falling out of the wardrobe there was like a wig up on a there was a wig up on a, on a stick yoke and then there was like my big ass pads were like falling out <laughs> oh, and there was like there was like um like a tool skirt that I had for like under a big thing for, for one of the costumes I had and he saw that and like literally I had this like moment of kind of like I went to close it and was like oh god you know like oh you know never mind that that's fine because I thought that he would be like disgusted but he was like super into it 
Really? Was, yeah, so weird. Like, and he was really like, oh my God, when you put it on for me, when you put it on for me, when you put it on for me. And I, I like, I, I felt like so... Uh, I was just like no I can't like that, yeah because that's th- not that is, your idea of it yeah exactly I was like no that's that's. but he was like and then he so I didn't that night I kind of was like oh maybe another time if I you know I'll, I'll think about it or whatever you after know, a few uh, a few Proseccos <laughs> yeah after a few Proseccos and then he was like okay okay right, so we got over with we got it we got it over with uh, that night and he went off home and then he was like texting me for the next couple of days he's all like oh I'm going to buy you some like silk panties I'm going to buy you and he wanted <laughs> and he was like it, for him it was just this massive massive turn on and then that kind of freaked me out because yeah. I was like I, I was like I, I don't want to be like a weird sort of hybrid fetish, hybrid you know, like, <laughs> I to like fat guys with beards that wear women's knickers I mean there's I, nothing wrong suppose, with that it's just I'm not that there's person there's nothing wrong with that but exactly what we're saying about uh, doing drag um, it is exactly what we're saying that there is literally no sexual element and I would hazard a guess that a lot of drag queens on the scene would say there's no sexual element I would it. say that like virtually I'd say that all of the ones that are like working at it professionally would be very much like this is like a, a performance job and I, absolutely. I, I enjoy doing it it's artistic it's artistic it's, creativity absolutely um, yeah and like that would be part of it but I do think it is interesting because there's that huge sexual yeah. interest in it out there and like when I was confronted with it like there was a bit of me that kind of thought oh, this guy's really hot maybe I should just do I'm it I'm intrigued once. I'll stick the <laughs> wig on I'll stick the wig on um, but, then, but then I was like oh you god can't do no it. I can't I can't do that um, I don't blame you yeah no good for you <laughs> but I mean obviously that was a pretty that, that that's a hard part of, of doing drag is the fact that like people have those reactions to but what for you what was the hardest part of it um the hardest part actually i suppose it's it's defrocking yeah there's a weird come down isn't there's there? a weird come down um so there's a part where like during the day you're center stage and everyone's eyes on you um and then after after you take your makeup off and you're back in in your normal clothes Nobody, nobody is looking at you in the same way. Yeah, you kind of, you kind of want like you feel like as if you should like walk out and like people should be like clapping for you. And there should be, it should like, be like roses. the end of it should be like the end of Titanic. Where, like, Absolutely, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you want. Everyone's like, oh my god, you did a magnificent. But the reality is, like, you go up, you like wash as much of the wake up makeup off as you possibly can. You're covered in glitter. You put on your shirt and your jeans and you walk down, and people are like. Oh, yeah, 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 and then back to their own conversation. It's crazy, um, yeah. and I, I actually do wonder. I think we 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 posed that question to Victoria Secret when she was on yeah. whether she had the same sort of come down, and I think she agreed that she did have a, a natural come down. Well, as she well. said, well, she she said that she was um, her thing was basically it was it was an energy thing, and I think actually I kind of agree with this because it's when you use so much energy, like especially if you're doing some like a whole like evening of performance or whatever you use so much energy doing that that when you actually finish you either want you want to be you either want to be entirely by your own you don't want to see anyone you don't want to talk to anyone or you kind of want to come down and just be like congratulated and adulated and kind of like handed drinks and told you're amazing yeah absolutely (laughs) but so what was your what's your favorite part of us um the favorite part is the confidence it gives you yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't have said I'm not really a confident person, but there's a different level of confidence that you get when when you're dressed up and when you're when you're stomping those heels. Oh my oh, god! Oh, I know it's amazing. Like if you could, and I think this has been done in in some office in Australia that some guys started wearing heels to work and they noticed productivity had like skyrocketed. Skyrocketed because he felt the best he's ever felt, um, and that's how I felt. Like, that that was. By far yeah. the favorite part was the confidence, yeah. and plus you're pushing a boundary. You're doing something that is not—it's so far outside your comfort zone. 
that it, it's it's a win-win. I, anyone, yeah. you just have to do it. No, absolutely. Yourself. My, my favourite part of it, I think... I, the feeling on stage is amazing. That yeah. feeling like kind of like just as you're like walking down the stairs and you're going to start the performance is, is like, it's exhilarating, but it's also terrifying. Yeah. I love kind of like my favorite thing really probably is coming up with the concept behind what I'm going to do. So thinking about like what I want the look to be like, what I want the outfit to be like, what I want the performance to be like, cutting together the different tracks and all that stuff. And like learning those skills, like, I mean, obviously my makeup skills would be fucking terrible in reality. <laughs> and like my, my dressmaking skills are, you know, limited, you know, yeah. <laughs> probably not making any, any wedding dresses anytime soon. But that for me is what I love. It's that kind of like putting it together the and then, then feeling it all come together on the, on the night. Like I think being on stage, it, it just like you feel that like rush of confidence yeah um but yeah but i do i do think that the hardest part then is that kind of like after after you finished that kind of sense of like all oh, right kind of like a bit of an anticlimax now absolutely you know? now we also had a different um we had a, a, a different time where we don't drag it was actually for sound guy martin's 30th oh yeah so yeah. i've had that, that this is this is thing Yes, this was a strange thing to come to terms with because when we had done drag before, it had been as part of a show and part of a performance. Where we and were centre stage. Where we were, well, not just where we were centre stage, but where there was like a defined reason as to why we were there and why yeah. we were in drag. Yeah. And when Martin had his, his Halloween spectacular birthday, we uh, we decided that we would do a, a like a, a drag costume for it. So we were doing Eddie and Patsy from, from, Ab, from Ab Fab. And I mean... It was. It was. It was difficult. Well, it was like the costumes were amazing, and That's actually, a, yeah, a couple absolutely. of weeks I was at a um, I was at a, a a drag convention a couple of weeks later and showed your Patsy costume to to the one and only Robin Turner, and she, she died. She died. She, she died. died. We'll put that. We'll put that beautiful uh, we'll video that of her her adulation yeah, for you fun. up on Instagram. That was um, but no, it was such. It, it, the getting ready, all that stuff, the build up was great, and then the second you're out in the streets and you realize I'm just wearing. See, part of that was my fault. So um, at the time, we probably had a, a 10 minute walk and I insisted that we walk from your Because you apartment. wanted that like, here come the girls. Yeah, I did <laughs> want that. Until I was coming over Wellington Bridge and um, I got wolf whistled by these two guys in like a souped up BMW. And I was like, I've never felt so exposed in my entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I give my hats off to, to drag queens that are able to go out and day drag and, and do it because I found that so difficult. Yeah, no, I think that for me as well, it was because you, you, you like, yeah, there was the, the highlight of getting ready. The walkover wasn't amazing. Then when you arrived, there's like a 10 minute, but it's the same with everyone in Halloween. It's a 10 minute thing of everyone like, oh my God, your costume's amazing. And people yeah. were like, oh, I need to get a photograph. And like all of that was, was great. But the second that is over, you're just we standing just there in, the in your glitter jelly heels, wearing <laughs> a, like a really hot red wig and um, drinking drinking a pint and you're watching lipstick kind of. <laughs> and actually, that's another funny thing. So going to the toilet with your with your handbag and topping up your makeup in a gents bath, there's something about that that, yeah. that changed the rules. But I think it was, it was it, again, it was pushed in and it, like, it pushed into pushed it into a sphere that we aren't really comfortable with. You know? Absolutely. Like, it was like, it like, became yeah, something that we being at it, But then again, I don't know if you found the same. So last year we were, we were doing the, um, we were hosting a drag pageant and the judging panel for that pageant was like established actual Irish drag queens like yeah. real like like a not and you know like the, the big ones it was yeah. the big four the um, and it, 
I found because we were hosting it in drag that despite the fact that I think that like that look I had together last year was the best I've ever looked and I think that actually the performance I did last year was the best performance I've ever looked I felt so uncomfortable that day because I was like yeah so exposed and kind of like here are these real professionals and they are assessing and looking at what it is I've done yeah, and it's absolutely. like it was just this odd feeling of like I've never wanted to I don't go feel good enough. and shave my legs quicker because I was standing there in <laughs> skin colour tights with massive legs. Oh my legs God. I just felt like Jackie Ho. Yeah, I really, I felt like such a fraud because I was like, these people are, are, are consummate professionals and here I am, just a man in a wig and a dress yeah. and I've never felt more out of my depth. Yeah, no, I know. In saying mean. that, we fucking did it. We did, we did and it was a great show and everyone really enjoyed it. Um, it but like, I think over... I suppose when we first did it a few years ago though like when we first it was 2015 I think was the first year we did it like I think you um, I think that at that stage there was this like sense of like enthusiasm about it where it was like oh I could see myself really wanting to do this I was like I want this to become like the life I have but then having done it the last couple of years I just appreciate how hard it is and how much work goes into it absolutely and like for like very few people actually appreciate the amount of work that go into it, I think. Like you, I don't think anyone realizes. No, absolutely they not. Really don't. And like the natural charisma and talent they need. Like, say you've got like a Davina who can just walk on stage with little or no prep. I can just like hold an entire room. Absolutely. I can just like get up and do a lip sync and just hold the entire room. And I, I think that sort of energy is. It's like, a skill, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. One hundred percent. In saying that, what I would say is for anyone that wants to do. It, do it oh yeah no, oh. I, I think that my recommendation is maybe you don't instantly commit to a career in it yeah. but don't quit your day job <laughs> but do get but those do get those heels on get out there Halloween get out there pride and just like throw caution to the wind and like don't worry about kind of other people thinking it's a bit It's don't, don't worry about people thinking oh god it's a bit don't because care because like the actual the after because like the afterglow of it is oh, really worth it. Absolutely. Find yourself, a vi- find yourself a vehicle to perform in. Maybe don't like commit to like an all day, a pride thing actually now to think about it. But you know, yeah. get, get, set up a little drag brunch in your local little cafe. Absolutely. That's it. Meet next year. Come next week, Saoirse and Marilyn hosting <laughs> drag brunch in, in, in Montos in, uh, in Cromlin. Um, but I suppose just to, to, to finish up as well, we, we touched earlier on the difference between Irish drag and UK drag. Yeah. Can you agree to that I d- yeah no I do absolutely and I think but now I, I'm going to hold my hands up because I do know that when we were interviewing Victoria she was kind of she was saying that there's a lot more to it than maybe you would see and so my experience of UK drag is kind of northern English drag or say the version agree. of English drag that has been gone off to to, to sparkles in, in Gran Canaria, <laughs> Canaria yeah. or those kind of like little expat communities in, in, in Spain where people go on holidays so that kind of campy kind of carry-on drag seems to be massive in the north and apparently there is like a whole fishy queen subculture down in um in london and, and more so around the, the uk especially with drag race but i i find that the um caliber of drag queen in dublin is extremely high and much higher like even the ones who are just starting out seem to be starting out at a much higher level than a queen that you might see like I remember the last couple of times I've been in Manchester the time we were there plus uh, before that the queens that were kind of the the supporting queens so like there's the main queen who's obviously fab and she's great but the supporting queens were all a bit kind of like oh I bought this skirt on you know Topshop and um, you know kind of a a bit bit rough around the edges and kind of don't quite know the lyrics and the the makeup is all a bit you know kind of not great 
and, and I, I think that that just seems to be more of the cultural thing but the culture over there does seem to be much more for singing live but yeah like that's like yeah. literally every single song that drag queen done was live completely and, and that's an amazing that's a much different absolutely kind of kettle of fish altogether from the Irish ones because the Irish queens will come out and they'll do these amazing like choreographed lip syncs yeah. and their looks are so tight and so on point and so current because like you go to the UK and the looks on the, the queens tend to be sequin ball games yeah. like that it's like, and the oversized plastic jewellery yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, where care, it, don't care it's all, it's all a bit kind of in the past whereas the Irish queens just seem to be polished polished in like a really professional and, and sort of young way absolutely definitely so I think that what we what we're saying is that we need to move to Manchester to become drag queens. <laughs> well, my Jane McDonald look would look absolutely. It would perfect absolutely, and the then, yeah, my, my and I don't know is the reason I do that style of drag because I that that's what I originally thought drag was was that that Northern Irish, Northern English drag queen. It Possibly. could be because like yeah, the, the the queens that you grew up seeing were were more like that like Dame Edna and and um, I was going to say Shirley Valentine, but that's not who I mean. <laughs> Who, what, what happened Oh, you? God, your woman. Paul, he has the dogs. Oh, Lily Savage. Lily Savage, Lily Savage. Paul O'Grady. Paul O'Grady. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definite difference. I, but... I, don't, I don't know, though. I think that's, like, both of us have a kind of a love for strong and powerful women from the kind of, you know, 60s and 70s. And therefore, it's not surprising that the personas that we're putting on now are relating back That's to those those point. kind of like yeah. Carnation Street barmaids or kind of early nineties pop divas, and that's kind of the era that we're in. Yeah. Whereas now, the a lot of the queens who would be a good bit younger than us, probably the the people that they're looking up to are like your Christine Aguilera's and your Britney Spears, and so they're bringing more of that into yeah, us. That's true. That's a fair um, point. But yes, yeah, so don't beat yourself up. Jay McDonald is a perfectly good drag queen. <laughs> well, she's an awful lot more money than I have. Well, she does indeed. Well, that, we'll do a gay cruise as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I become one of those singers. P&O fairies. <laughs> the HSS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, anyone, anyone, that, um, anyone that has any iota that they want to do yeah. it, do it. Absolutely. All day long. Wear them heels. Wear them heels. Get into the office. Very money supermarket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, James, tell me, what are you coming for or living for this week? No, we're going to start with you. Okay, we'll start with me, <laughs> fabulous. Um, so, I am living for the gazearoundthebay.com, um, a travel, lifestyle and DIY blog um, that is made by our friends Chris and Larry. So, we have to give them a massive shout out. Absolutely. They included us in a lovely list of the gay, best gay things to do in Dublin. They've been living here for, in, for like two years now? Yeah, around that. Yeah. Yeah. And they, like, I, I am so jealous of their life because they honestly, they seem to just be constantly on amazing holidays Absolutely. and like doing all these like wonderful things. And I'm like, how do I want I, that. How, how do, do we infiltrate let's start, that? Let's start our, our one. Yeah. Buckets around the... Dub. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... We're, a we're, we're not coming from them. Yeah. We're living from we're them, living for, no, they're, they're, they're Keep they're, doing what you're doing. Uh, you're fantastic. So yeah. well done. Thanks very much. So James, tell us, what are you coming for living for? What are we coming for? What are we living for? Well... <laughs> oh, James, yeah. you got all giddy. I did. I've got. I've gotten all giddy. I'm. I'm. I'm living for being giddy. So giddy up. Giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. Tell our beautiful listeners what you're coming for, Olivia. So when I get when I get in from work of an evening and I'm making my dinner, I have the television on, and then there's these two ads and they're on every fucking ad break, and one of them is for like a car. I don't even know what car it is, and it's like a guy being driven somewhere by. Oh, there's another one as well, actually. <laughs> and it's like a, a guy being driven somewhere by his mother, 
and the the like the, the mother's playing with his phone for whatever reason and she like is doing stuff and she's like how do I post to my wall oh and he's all like oh mother mother oh. and then she like <laughs> rings on like speakerphone and this like girl is like hello Rory and then the mother goes hello Shona <laughs> and I just I, that that piece of acting that that woman has done bothers me I, those choices she's made bother me and then the other one is that well the other one is the um I, I hate the ad where the uh, the woman is bringing her mother to like the seniors dance at the uh, <laughs> at the church hall and then also <laughs> there's, there's these jumpy ads and there's like a, there's a, there's a <laughs> sometimes you're coming for advertising the only revenue stream we're ever going to make money off a podcast <laughs> no no good adverts that we would do would be fine but no, there's other one. There's other just eat thing, and this and this just eat thing is there's a load of people follow the just eat driver wherever he's going up to the door of this house, and they're all like running after him. And then the woman opens the door as if she's never seen another fucking human being in her life, and they're all like, "What's your order? What's your order?" And she she talks about how she ordered like nacho. First of all, she's ordering like a family meal, and she orders like one burger, and there's like clearly three people in life. But then she, when she's describing what she orders, she she says she got like a chicken burger with avocado, and it's like that's not how you say that word. Oh, it's like she's reading it for the first time. But maybe she is. Maybe avocado's <laughs> new to she her. It's chucked because all these people are standing outside her door. She's, no, yeah. but I just no, 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 no. no. Okay. Anyway, so um, I'm living for. Uh, there's this this one ad on TV where <laughs> <laughs> a mother is with her son in a car <laughs> oh god god you really actually do you know there. what there's another one as well that one where it's like the, the guy driving around it's like I'm super sexy go, oh my god I actually no I got it no that one it was like you know like there's like a new advertising campaign which basically the whole thing of the ad is like a big not joke so it's, it's like remember uh, when we talked about not shouting sorry. into mics sorry <laughs> or watching TV but there's a guy he's driving around in his car and it's like being voiced over by like a child and it's like I want to be at a meeting right now I want to be organising a play date for my kids or I want to be doing this and then it and then it goes said no one ever I'd rather drive around in this car <laughs> I've literally by the way this is staying in the <laughs> I have never been more confused in my life and Martin is about to cut you off so we're leaving it there oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ oh God James. I think there's just enough time to wrap it up James talk to someone please get, get this <laughs> counselor Don't forget, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Big Gay Bucket List or follow us on Twitter at Big Gay Bucket. And lastly, you can email us to let us know what you think of the show to BigGayBucketList at gmail.com. And if you like what you heard, do go and spread the word. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify or TuneIn as of this week. Uh, And please leave us a review because they're really important in getting us up the rankings to make us to become the next Big Gay Bucket podcast queens <laughs> yeah exactly you need to choose your words today girl i, just, I got too furious you about did. advertising you did get too furious once again thanks to, to everyone for listening in uh, you've been listening to the fabulous martin the fabulous james and myself Stephen. you've been listening to the big gay bucket list and you're fabulous <laughs> too Stephen. <Stephen's>. sorry <laughs>